Hello, welcome, ladies, gentlemen, and Dogmata to that six plus 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 show. Uh, I am your host, Tom. It is a wintry, wintry weekday in the UK, and I'm all nestled up back at home after a day's work, ready to chat about Sisters of Battle, the Adeptus Sororitas, um, with the one and only Vic VJ. How are you doing, Vic? Hey, Tom. Thanks for having me back on. No, about Eldar before. Yes. Now, yeah, exactly that. Exactly that. Yeah. Um, I'm really excited for it. Obviously, yeah, we've had you before. Um, Vic is obviously a wonderful player, and I mean, I'm sure a lot of you will know who he is. But we'll get him to talk about what he does um, in just a moment. Um, but he's he's got a long term interest in Sisters of Battle, one of the factions he understands really well, and they're just creeping in, just creeping in at the moment, thanks to thanks to some some examples being set by a few very good players, which to me I think is exactly the kind of thing that interests me for state of play. I love it when players do something unusual. I love it when a faction that we don't already really know a lot about um, sort of breaks through. Um, and indeed, I had your own Ignite teammate, uh, Chris Radford, on when Deathwatch were having their little moment um, a little while back. That was a really fun episode. So it's a running theme with with Ignite boys finding something new that works um, and showing us. So uh, we, you and I had a little bit of a bet, didn't we, Vic, ahead of, of the Coventry uh, GT. Do you want to share with people what our, what our deal was? Oh, <laughs> so, you know, sometimes when you look at the statistics and you see the armies at the bottom of the stats. Yeah. And, and you're like, OK, all right, so. My prediction of how I'm going to do in this <laughs> tournament, my expectations were yeah. low, yes. very, very low. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Uh, at this time, you had had pre-booked me in. I said, had. Go, I'm much more confident. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to come in for state of play? And I was like, Tom, are you sure? If I go zero five, are we still recording that episode? <laughs> and then you went on to offer me coaching services, which is, you know, if anyone out there wants coaching services. It's impossible to get an appointment with Tom because <laughs> they haven't started yet, but I would have been the first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. No, that was it. And so I like it. And I say I, I was definitely being a bit cheeky because I saw <laughs> I saw you taking the army and because you would had a near miss because you'd gone to battle Battlefield Birmingham, hadn't you? And I'd messaged yeah. you before that. But obviously, due to sort of other circumstances, you'd not been able to finish that event. So you had to go home. So we sort of we sort of held our powder and we waited for a little while. Um, but yeah, I'm very optimistic. I'm a big believer in 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 you and when you take things to events and what's possible. But I, yeah, I, and this is where this is again. This is the really interesting thing because I think this is where really trusting your judgment and your ability and your feeling with an army sometimes has to go in the face of what you know the norms of the game in a given moment are telling you. Right. So you've got your data, you've got your win rates, you've got people saying, "Well, sisters, this is their ceiling. They're like forty something percent. It's not going to be easy." And but I think if if you understand a faction and you've found something in there that you really understand, that you know other people won't understand that well, and that's a nice advantage with something that's coming from a bit left field, and that's something, I guess, someone who understands good matchups as well as you do, you know you there's things you can do, right? Maybe it's not maybe it's not optimal, maybe it's not always easy, but you found something where you're like, yeah, there's, there's stuff I can do here. And obviously we can go into that and talk about that. But yeah, I was, I was confident in your ability to find something like that. <laughs> and you, you didn't let me down. Um, we had a slightly weird moment at Coventry GT where it was announced that you'd come second, but you've won it, right? You won the thing. <laughs> yeah, the, the tiebreaker didn't update properly. So yeah. when it did yeah. update properly, I actually came in first. Uh, yeah, amazing. There were a few amazing. of us on fire. Yeah, absolutely. So that was that was the two day event um, at the Coventry GT, which is an amazing event. Um, but there was also a good showing at the same event from Jack Tight on Sisters of Battle as well, which yeah. I think it's worth giving him a little shout out. Um, so two players whose judgment I trust 
um, both demonstrating that there's something going on here if you if you understand the army and you can you can leverage it right. Um, so that's massively exciting. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. We'll talk a little bit about the flavor and the character of Sisters in general and where that is. Um, but then I really want to use this as an opportunity to get into your brain <laughs> and and figure out um, and learn about how you've sort of looked at and dissected and understood this index and, and got it to a point where you can turn up at a GT and achieve something like that in the face of a meta, which people are not expecting it and not, not sort of anticipating it. So I, I think that's really cool. And uh, yeah, you'll just have to, you'll have to crash out at another event and then we can talk coaching, but unfortunately I, <laughs> I just don't know when it's going to happen. I just don't, I don't think, I, I just think, I just think you're going to miss out. You poor bastard. Cause you're just going to keep winning, keep winning, keep winning these GPs <laughs> instead. It's the only way to get away from it. Um, so, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, let's, let's talk, Briefly, just about you and your background, Vic, for those that don't know you, do you want to tell people a little bit about you as a sort of longtime 40K player and, and, you, and what you're up to now? Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I've been playing 40K for a number of years now. It's kind mm -hmm. of just caught up on me. And all of a sudden, I've played it for like six years. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> from, from around the start of 8th edition, uh, yeah. I basically jumped straight into competitive 40K. Mm -hmm. Had a little bit of a knack for it from the start. Yeah. It kind of made sense to me, the more competitive mm -hmm. side of play. Um, and then progressively, I joined a team called Dice Down. Yep. learned from a lot of people way better than me. I learned from mm -hmm. Manny Chima way better than me. And then uh, and then eventually me and Dave, uh, David Gaylord, we mm -hmm. split off from Dice Down and we made a team called Ignite. Yep. And uh, that's currently who I'm playing for at the moment. Yes. We've kind of tied Ignite in a little bit with the 40K Fireside podcast, which me and yes. Dave run, which is a competitive focused uh, kind of uh, podcast, talking a bit about ourselves as well and our journey through competitive 40K. Yeah. And uh, I was a member of Team England last year. We, yes. We kind of, we, we were playing to win it, but we, we ended up, I think, in fifth place. Fifth. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's it's been a good run. You know, I'm really yeah, enjoying absolutely. it. And uh, I'm at my peak, I would say. It's, it's, I think uh, so. It's yeah, I think so. I've ever that's why, I, I mean, I should have actual, I should have bet actual money with hindsight. I mean, that's, we've arrived <laughs> at the point where I can literally be like, I think they will win that. So I'll book him for talking about winning it after he's won it. Uh, that's a really nice position to be. I mean, what what, what an incredible position. And I, I think, I mean, certainly from my own perspective, one of the wonderful things about you as a player is that you're so often finding things that haven't yet been done, right? You find new ground, you find new frontiers in the game. I remember the Empress Children list when that broke through. That was that was very much your handiwork in many different ways. Um, you were doing some super creative things with Eldar towards the end of ninth, which is when we last talked. Um, stuff I definitely copied more than a couple of times. Uh, I had a, had a good time using some of those ideas. Um, and obviously at, at the WTC, you were kind of you were kind of the ace in the hole, right? You were the surprise package with the Thousand Suns, and again demonstrating a bunch of stuff that you'd been able to find and innovate in there that that gave you an edge into certain matchups that a lot of people I think were writing off. So that's that's an awesome place to be at. That's a really creative, innovative place to be at, and that's certainly from my own biased kind of creative brain. That's the stuff I like. That's the stuff that gets my attention. So yeah, no, it's really really cool. So that's that's what we're going to mine into today. I mean, let's talk about you and Adept. Sororitas a bit more generally first like when did you first start playing them what's your kind of long-term relationship to the army so it's it's up there with Eldar it's one of my yeah. favorite armies uh, mm. that Grey Knights and Eldar those are probably yeah. the three factions you'll see me on the most whenever I get a chance mm -hmm. um, uh, purely based on the aesthetic kind of yes. everything behind them I, I love I love the factions yeah. um, and Sisters of Battle had a beta codex run in 8th edition Okay. Uh, where they gave it out to the community and they were like guys look give us feedback on on this this is kind of kind of cool right you wouldn't imagine that now no um, <laughs> but but then it was it was awesome and it was actually a very very strong codex when it was mm. released in beta format uh 
with some really cool combinations and really pushing this miracle dice concept. This was before yes. Eldar had yeah, yeah, a yeah. similar concept. Yeah. So they were the only faction with this miracle dice thing. Mm. And miracle dice is a competitive player's dream because mm. it gives you consistency mm. and uh, it, it lets you kind of definitely do game plans, which maybe, you know, it doesn't make that much difference over each single game, but over an entire course of a tournament, it really smooths things out for you. 100%. Um, so Miracle Dice were cool. I got into them, started collecting them as the plastic models came out. Mm. Um, and I played a couple of tournaments in eighth, a couple of tournaments in ninth, and I've done one tournament. In so <laughs> yeah. I kind of very, just very jumping nice. into them at different points. Yeah. Um, there was a point in ninth where I think they were the strongest army in the game. Yeah. Um, but apart from that, in 10th, they haven't really kind of, they've been one of the weaker factions in the yeah, game. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, so it's been an interesting challenge to try and innovate with with a weaker index. Yeah, 100%. I, I, can, I can see that being a, a really worthy task, though. So let's, let's, let's zoom in on that, because my understanding is that, you know, the character of how this army plays and what its strengths are has definitely shifted from 9th to 10th, right? It's not exactly the, it's not doing exactly the same things. Um, and as you say, it was when it when it landed. Obviously, this was the wild west of the indices not so long ago. When I, I think a lot of us had looked at indices in isolation and be like, "Oh, really cool! I like this." I don't know. I was like, "I was like, oh yeah, Drakari looked good, man. GSC looked nuts." Like, there's a few different things. And then suddenly, when you've got all the, the whole picture, you're like, "Oh, okay, okay. We've got a, we've got a few runaways, and then a few others are going to really uh, find this very interesting in the early phases." So let's let's talk about. I guess when you first got a look at that index. And your kind of initial impressions and what you thought, what shone out, what was difficult, what, what, why did it sit where it sat on arrival? Yeah, I think the start of tenth edition was was difficult for, for <laughs> yeah. the meta. It's yeah. probably the the kindest way of putting it. I was gonna say you were talking about uh, beta test release rules, and I'm like, <laughs> I, I mean, I think we, I think we do know what that's like. <laughs> it's quite fantastic how far it's come since that mm, release mm. because that really oh, yeah. saw Eldari and GSC just grossly more powerful than anything else. Yes. The problem with a meta where there's something very broken, and we experienced that a lot during ninth edition, is mm. that it completely crushes innovation across most of the other factions. Yes. You start having to focus on this one very, very strong army if you want to succeed in singles. Mm. And uh, sometimes that can be just a task which can't be achieved. So you yeah. just end up writing off factions. Yeah. So the start of 10th edition was very much like that. There's nothing sisters could have done to have competed against these rape night heavy kind yeah, of Eldar exactly that. Exactly or, that. Or the amazing kind of way that GSE played at the start of 10th. Yeah. So immediately they're going in as a faction which no competitive player would ideally want to touch at that moment. Yeah. And that's going to make the win rates plummet down and mm. no one's really going to be able to win tournaments with them. And, you know, no one did win any tournaments with, no. with sisters at that time. No, no, absolutely. And so obviously suddenly we get to this slightly more level playing field where Eldar have been brought down, GSC have been altered. Um, Chaos Space Marines perhaps have benefited in some ways from those changes and are, are actually kind of rising a bit higher, but again, are not the same egregious level of, of out of control that maybe some of those early indexes are. So I guess, is it was it at that moment that you kind of revisited things and started started kind of digging? Was that when you started to revisit it again? So we had WTC and then the yep. first tournament after WTC was LGT. Yep. And LGT is, a, is an important one. And yep. at that time, immediately it was just like, okay, let's do Eldari. You know, yeah. people have got Eldari there, but they haven't really innovated as far as they probably could. So we went yep. in with Eldari. Yep. And then after that, there was a big gap. 
Yeah. And gaps yeah. are amazing. It's like <laughs> a shower, you know, gap, yeah. like you take a shower and all the thoughts come into your head. That's what yeah, a gap yeah. between tournaments does. Yes, it's and good. In that time, you can analyze things. And the balanced data slate that dropped gave some buffs across the board in different, different areas. Sisters was one of the armies that benefited from this by getting mm -hmm. a good points drop. Okay. And okay. then the second thing is, like you said, nothing ended up broken coming out of that balanced data slate. Yeah. Like Eldari still looked really strong. CSM yeah. still looked really strong, but they didn't look unbeatable anymore. No, no, no. And at that point, you can start looking at all of the factions in the game. Mm. Like, you know, people like yourself, you looked at Votan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To Death Guard. People looked at, you know, Sisters, Grey yeah. Knights, all of these factions. And it's been a really fun to... time for that. A really fun yeah. time for that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I think the fact that, you know, you can even win a tournament with Sisters now, despite very little changing, there's been a few points changes, but the meta has shifted, is yeah. a very good sign that you can win if you just play well with a yeah. good balanced army. 100%. And I think that's exactly how Sisters came out of that balanced data state. They have a yeah. bit of everything. And it's yeah. just a matter of the player putting everything together. Yeah. And that's very similar to our state of play we did on Eldari at the end yes. of the night. Yeah, yeah, like it was. Identical kind of philosophy. Yeah. Sisters slightly weaker than that, but mm. exactly the same kind of concept. Yeah, no, exactly. And those those are exciting moments in a meta when, yeah, you can. You can go and innovate and experiment because there's not stuff out there that is just going to automatically body you. Um, and we've seen it. We've seen this real proliferation of good players trying lots of different things. Um, and that feels amazing. And again, I think it's a lot of reason to be very optimistic, right? I think people, it's actually all been, it's all of this madness has only happened in quite a short period of time, right? You know, we've had this massive shakeup, these massive runaway armies, then they've been brought down. Um, and, and obviously we know we've got another slate coming. So there's, there's I think it's, it's nice for long-term lovers and players of factions, the fact that armies that land a certain way can then actually be brought up i mean with votan that was really funny and demonstrative right they can have a complete u-turn and suddenly be right up in the mixing it up with the big boys at the top of the game um tau similarly um and so i think i think that kind of proactive approach to balancing is something we should all be very appreciative and excited about so so let's let's pick up there then let's let's start this process right you you start digging you've you've, you've someone's given your brain too much time to operate and it starts thinking about sisters so Talk through the process of, of going back to it, revisiting it, and starting to figure out where it sits and what you can do to succeed with it at the highest levels. How did you kind of go about that? Okay, so first thing you do with a codex or an index is look through it and find if there is something too strong in there. Yeah. <laughs> like, often there'll be one thing which you'll look at and you'll be like, that's too good. And, <laughs> yeah. and for sisters, they have that in the arc of flagellants. They're, okay, they're okay. too good. Yeah, um, they're probably one of the best data sheets in the game, let alone in Sisters or the Imperium yeah. codexes. So, um, Archiflagen's too good. 130 points for 10 of them with a four of feel no pain and two wounds each with good output. Yeah, moving seven inches, they can go in transports. There's a lot going on there, and they synergize yeah. very well with Sisters overall. Yeah. So immediately, like look at that 130 points, brilliant unit. Let's start with 30. So we've yeah. got 30 Archiflagellants. <laughs> now we build backwards from the 30 Archiflagellants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. have a very obvious play style, which is they're, they're just going to kind of go forward, disrupt things, score primary, deny primary, kill chaff. Great unit. So now we've got 390 points left in the list, and now we have to start looking at kind of our core game, yeah. kind of how we're going to win the game, how is mm -hmm. the meta, and all of these things. Um, I'll talk you through my like per individual process and hopefully we mm. can get some lessons out of that. But... Oh, I mean, it's just amazing to hear, right? Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
when I looked at the meta, I realized if I want to go four and one, mm-hmm. there are probably lots of different options I have here to try and try and do that. Like I'm quite an experienced player. I can try and just push my player skill through for that. <laughs> but if I want to go five and zero oh and win a tournament, I'm going to have to play against players who are as, as good as me with armies that are very, very good. And yep. those armies are CSM and Eldari. So those are the two yep. I've kept in mind here. Yeah. Um, and for CSM and Eldari, I'll, I'll focus on one at a time. So yeah. Eldari yeah. is probably the, the interesting challenge here because there's nothing in the entire Sisters Index that can deal with Wraithguard with Phantasm. It's just impossible. Uh, you can't yeah. actually get to grip with them that, with anything yeah. that can kill them. And mm. even if you did with any unit in the index, it's not really going to do anything. Yep. So now you've got to look at ways of controlling that unit mm. and also how you deal with everything else around it. So Sisters have a very good unit in the Exorcist, which is a very unique kind of an, uh, indirect anti-tank yes. Um, yes. weapon. It, it's, it's really kind of, When the preview for the Sisters Index came out at the start of 10th, everyone looked at that gun and said, whoa, that's really good. That's <laughs> yeah. better than yeah. that's better than anything we have at the moment. Yeah, uh, and it's it's d six plus two shots, strength ten minus two d six damage. Yeah, um, and that adds up because if you now put three of those in, you have something that can have a fight against night spinners. Yes, it's, it's an anti tank not... unit that's hunting tanks rather than infantry. Right. right, that's the thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Not great into infantry, but it's okay. You can do a bit of chip damage, but yep. you know now you've got an answer for the night spinners. And it's yeah. not a reliable answer at all. They're taking four up saves. They've got fate dice. They've got a CP reroll. So chances are your three exorcists may not kill a single night spinner, but your three exorcists may kill three night spinners. And <laughs> if, if, if you've got a chance, you've got that's a chance. it. Yeah, and you've got you've got a few special dice of your own. So you do you just need to get exactly. one or two through, and then you're looking good. Yeah, amazing. Exactly. So you've got now you've got a chance against the night spinners. You make sure you deploy kind of a little bit more aggressively because they've only got thirty six inch range. So yes, you've got to have range. Um, and and if you go first, boom, maybe you kill two night spinners. You know, it's not even <laughs> that far out of the ordinary. And all of a sudden, yep. you've got all the momentum. So yes, perfect. We've got three exorcists, thirty arc of flashlights. Okay, very good. nice. Yeah. <laughs> and and now we look at the other strength sisters have. They have loads of cheap stuff. They have units like uh, the Crusaders. You get two Crusaders in there, and they're 25 points. They can just go sit on primary, force the opponent to engage on there. You gain a Miracle Dice when they die. Sisters have awesome control uh, elements by having Suffering and Sacrifice, which is a stratagem where you activate at the start of the fight phase, pick any one of your units uh, that's infantry, and uh, any enemy models in engagement range of that unit have to fight that unit. So Mm. now you get control where you can kind of Put two Crusaders in and send uh, into the middle of an enemy unit that's a real like beat stick unit. Get 20 Arco Flagellants around there, and that beat stick unit is only punching the Crusaders no matter what. <laughs> it doesn't matter if you interrupt, it doesn't matter if you fight on death, you're punching those Crusaders. That's hilarious. So, it's just um, yeah, 25 point trade, dream. Yeah. <laughs> perfect. So yeah. now you've got your control pieces, your little cheap secondary uh, scoring pieces. Um, and then now let's deal with the Wraith Guard problem. Mm-hmm. So Wraithguard have one weakness, uh, well, two weaknesses. One is if you can just straight up kill the Wraithguard. So let's say I have a Forge Fiend shooting at it. You can actually straight up kill the Wraithguard if they're in line of sight. I can't do that. But I can kill the Spirit Seer. 
The Spirit Seer gives plus one to hit to the unit and regens them a couple of times a turn. Uh, mm. uh, 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 sorry, once per battle round, and yep. also can flip dice to six. Yeah, that's where they put Fate's Messenger, right, as well. Yeah, exactly. So the Spirit Seer is massively powerful, and once it's removed from that Wraith Guard unit, the Wraith Guard unit just starts getting whittled away. It doesn't really do that much damage, etc. Mm. So there's one incredible unit in Sisters, which is Palatine. Okay. Um, with a relic called the Blade of St. Eleanor, an enhancement. And okay. this basically gives her five attacks, um, strength uh, five, minus two, and three damage. Mm-hmm. And she also does a mortal wound every time she successfully wounds. Okay. Now, if this girl, and uh, mortal wounds have been kind of touched on in the designer commentary, that if you precision, mortal wounds do go onto the precision target. I see. I see where this is going. Yeah. (laughs) Now you have a very good precision threat, and the key is you have to tell your Eldari opponent, "Look, you know this guy kill the spirits here." So just so you you know, like there's a space into which the wraith guard can't enter. Yes. Uh, Otherwise, the spirits here gets precision. Nice. And um, you know, obviously, if he lets you do that, he or she lets you do that, then you're going to have a really good chance of maintaining momentum. But the Mm. very fact that any good player is going to avoid you lets you control the positions the Wraith Guard go, and you can at least try and kill everything else and play the game still, instead of the Wraith Guard just running straight through the middle of your army. Yeah, absolutely. Now, there's one more trick you can do, which okay. is the mightiest weapon in the entire Sisters Index. Okay. Now, if you take a bolt gun and you put a crossbow on the bolt gun, <laughs> suddenly the bolt gun, it has the same profile, but it gains anti-psycho 2+, plus devastating wounds, and precision. So uh, yep. Yep. you can take that on any leader of a unit. And in, in my case, I took it a cannoness as well. So yep. I had um, a, an immolator, which is like a Sagittar. It lets you split a battle sister unit into two fives. Okay. So you okay. have an immolator transport. Inside, you have uh, five sisters and a cannoness. The cannoness gives full rerolls to the unit. And you have a crossbow on uh, the sister super- We're talking about the crossbows. In the, in yeah, I know. It's so good. It's <laughs> yeah, just wonderful. Oh my God. Crossbow tech is the dream. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> A crossbow on the Sister Superior and a crossbow on the Cannoness. Yeah. That's four shots. Yeah. Um, and they're hitting on threes and twos, respectively. We're re-rolling to hit because you've got a Cannoness in there mm-hmm. and they're wounding on twos. If those two models can see the Spirits here, they will kill the Spirits here. Yeah. Obviously, your opponent's never going to let you see the Spirits here. No. But as long as you remind them that your two crossbows can kill the Spirits here, you at least have some agency to control yeah. them. Yeah, so it's those best weapons that you never have to use situation, right? Where it's going to exactly. massively determine, the, well, unless they want to just lose it, it's going to determine the space they actually can play the game in. And uh, one other model that Eldari really love is the Yinkan. And the Yinkan yes. has the psychic keyword. So yes. I had these two sisters um, shoot their four shots. They did four mortal wounds to the Yinkan. They threw grenades. They did another four mortal wounds. The turn before, he shot the flamer at my sister's unit. And sisters have a strat that they can shoot back when they're shot. Oh, nice. Uh, I did four mortal wounds. Uh, four plus four plus four, that's 12. Yeah, that's, that's a dead, dead income. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Amazing. Um. Shot to death with crossbows. So good. Fantastic. So good. Yeah, so, so that's really yeah. cool tech. And I guess, cool and tech. so with, with the way these lists like to work, that just renders both their sort of heavy hitters quite impotent, right? If they use them, they lose them. If they don't use them, they're not using them. And then actually those Eldar lists then amount to some Night Spinners, which you're shelling, and some MSU infantry that typically wants to score and not all get killed. So it's like, how the hell do you leverage the game? Especially, let's say, there's 
30 Arcoflagellants sat on points, how are you going to do anything about those if yep. trying to do anything about it is going to get you killed? I see it. It's very, very good. Very, <laughs> very nice. Okay. And so how about CSM? <laughs> CSM's harder. Yeah. I, I think um, my way of describing CSM compared to sisters is CSM are faster, they hit you harder, and they shoot you harder. Yep. Um, and uh, yeah, they're just the better army. The, yep. the quality of CSM is just outright better than sisters. Mm. Um, but that's where kind of core game skills kind of come into play and yeah. your ability to to maybe try and win on the overall strategy of the game. Yeah. And um, once you start building the rest of the list efficiently, you actually end up with loads of stuff. And mm-hmm. you've got a very obvious play style where the Arc of Flagellants are the front line. And then you've got these sisters units that can really like do a bit of damage. That Palatine we mentioned comes in a really awesome unit with a very powerful combination there. Yeah, that goes alongside the Triumph of Saint Catherine, which again, very efficient, very powerful unit. Yeah, um, and then behind that, you've got the Exorcist, and then you've got things like the Castigator, which does decent damage. Yeah, everything is decent, so you have everything there. It's mm. just a matter of can you put it together in a way that gives you a chance in the CSM game. Yeah, and the CSM game is is really interesting. It is difficult, same as the Eldari game. You should probably lose it with Sisters, but there are mm. outs where you do win it. Yeah. Um, in terms of the exact strategy, the way I... So I played it in the final game of Coventry. Oh, amazing. Um, and, and yeah, it was an awesome game. Good CSM list, great player. And um, essentially, uh, there's a tactic I call called the, the bait screen, right? Okay, so okay. The, the bait screen is where you have a screen of units that look really juicy, but they're, they're actually like not juicy and they're deceptive. Yeah. And... These units were Celestine on one corner, the Triumph of St. Catherine in the middle, and then my little unit with the Cannon S on, on another corner. And these guys, because the CSM are always going to hit you first. They're, they're yep. way faster. Yeah. So these three were there, and they look juicy, right? That's Triumph of St. Catherine they do. and Celestine. They are do. Like unique That's characters. some big names, right? Okay, no they... Chaos Lords turning that down. <laughs> exactly. And obviously, uh, CSM have a little thing where, you know, if they can't shoot you, they just want to punch whatever they can and just try and win on momentum because they're a very powerful, efficient army. So they'll just go for every charge they can. Now, Celestine, when she dies, she gets back up on a tour. Uh, the Cannon S has a once per game for a phase, a two up invulnerable save. Mm. And the Triumph of St. Catherine, well, any character in Sisters have a one CP strat to get back up at the end of the phase when they're killed. Okay. So we okay. ended up having a chosen unit, chosen unit, obliterators. <laughs> Go yeah. in and, and try to like kill my front line and get yeah. into forward positions. Nothing died. All, like all three <laughs> of my units were still alive. At Amazing. The end of and now I have the chance to go in with my second wave of stuff. Like the Arc of Legends were not yeah. the front wave there. So yeah. I had my chance to go in, make them take loads of three up saves and switch the momentum back to me. Hmm. Um, so it's not going to work every time. But no. As long as you have a few tricks like that or a few strategies up your sleeve that you can use, that's one with the baited screen. The other one is you completely refuse a flank against stronger yeah. armies. So you kind of deceptively deploy on one side with like one unit. They start deploying on the same side. And then you make a shift and the entire rest of your army goes on the other side of the board with your mm-hmm. aim to try and take control of that side of the board. Yeah, That means that you know the stuff on that the other corner is busy dealing with your one or two units, but actually like the value is not there. And then you can just slowly creep around the board and gain momentum. 
is Amazing. another possible strategy against CSM. Yeah. So one yeah, of those two. Yeah, very, very nice. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I'd say I, I know completely what you mean about CSM because I say that I think of of the the top armies, they're the ones I've found the hardest going actually in recent times. Eldar, I feel like now, unless I'm playing a very top player, you can figure it out. The lists are, are quite stripped down in terms of the assets, but CSM just have such output and such a range of tools. Um, and I, yeah, I like that idea because I guess you're forcing commitment of assets whilst minimizing your losses, right? You've got stuff that's going to get back up. You've got stuff that they have to respond to. And actually for CSM, that costs them important activations. Like, do you want to shoot your obliterators no line of sight to get rid of me? Or are you going to stick them out? Like, you only get to do it once. Are you going to do it to kill someone who's going to get back up? Like, I think that's a really interesting question to pose for them. And things like the Lords only have their birthday once, right? You know, they don't they don't get to celebrate twice most, most of the time. Um, so that's a really clever interaction with the army and the way it deals damage and the sort of one-off nature, I guess, of some of its key spikes. So that's really smart whilst keeping your assets kind of in line. And yeah, I mean, the Arco Flagellants just feel like such a powerful force because I think points-wise, they're the same points as an Aberrant Brick, right? But that's 30 bodies with the same sort of four-up, feel-no-pain stodgy, stodginess, and it can be in three places. That's really interesting and very durable. Um, so, I mean, let's, let's obviously, you've, you've talked about your final game there, and it sounds like sounds like you played it really well. Let's talk about your kind of overall run at Coventry and I guess what you learned in the field, as it were, actually properly testing the army in practice. Because obviously, as you say, you were going into this not sure quite what the ceiling was, not quite sure how it's going to go, doubting yourself a little bit, getting ready to get coaching from me, all those kinds of things. <laughs> um, but obviously in practice, this has worked out perfectly. You know, it's got you all the way to yeah. the top of the event. So what did you learn in the games? What kind of uh, matchups did you face? And then what kinds of things did you learn about how the army sits currently as you went through the event? So interesting, you say about practice, because yeah. I lost 90% of my games in practice against the other Ignite guys. Well, this is I the just... problem, right? If you're testing it into the scariest <laughs> men in the world. Like... It's like uh, like I took off my training weights when I went to the tournament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually yeah. like, whoa, I'm so fast, you know? <laughs> and, um, so in practice, I was using a unit called uh, Paragon Warsuits. They're yeah. an iconic unit for sisters. Um, and they go with the uh, Morven Val, very powerful unit, the the best hammer that sisters have, to be honest. Yeah. And they can play brilliantly out of strat reserves, rapid ingress them in, run in, shoot something, charge something. Fantastic unit. And a lot of people were getting success with that in America. Pretty much all the kind of lists that were doing well were using this unit. I played against the Ignite guys, and um, they would literally put one model in the perfect spot where I yep. would love to drop down. Yep. And my only option is to drop in like this useless position in yep. some random corner of the board. And yep. it happened every single game. Yep. So cut them out of my list and mm. took something different. I played one game with the updated list against Liam. I beat his Eldar, and I was like, hey. let's go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so give me more tools, and I took it to this tournament. Mm. And... At this tournament, I realized that sisters are really deceptively stronger than people think they are. Yeah, I think actually when you combine everything together, it's it is slightly technical army. It's a little tricky to play correctly. It's not that difficult though, and the overall strategy is very intuitive as well. And in all of my games, every element kind of did something in the sisters list. Be that the indirect fire, the characters getting back up the arcoflagellants holding things, the castigator coming out of strat reserves and taking up that hey. UKTC kind of yeah, long yeah. flank line that you can get. Mm. Um, everything worked really nicely. And 
obviously I had some more challenging games once I got out of kind of my first my first two games were a little bit more straightforward. I played against yeah. Stodies and against Yanari. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I went straight into like triple night spinner Atari after that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, uh, You're up in the big boys now. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> um and and during that game, all kind of the thinking that I'd done about the Exorcist and the condemned Volker, like his Wraith Guard were the only thing to survive that game. All ten of them. <laughs> And on turn five, they were at the edge of his deployment zone. No oh further forward than that. Oh my so word. Put the fear of like, God into him. I like it. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> There's crossbows here. Watch yeah, out yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So a uh, little elf has to take that very seriously. That'll go right through his nice shiny helmet. That's the last thing he needs, right? <laughs> so yeah, it, it, it all went to plan as I played through the game. And I think it was one of the most fascinating experiences of kind of, if you just bring like, a balanced army you can just have play into anything and yep. the rest is up to you and the dice and your opponent making mistakes etc mm. and in this tournament it just epitomized that everything kind of just worked out eventually yep. um not because of my dice my dice were really good in my first two games and then they just kind of became really bad uh but despite that it doesn't matter what happens with the dice your units move seven inches and the dice aren't involved in that movement just do all the stuff you can with your core game skills to create a good board position absolutely and uh, yeah it worked out re- really really well no that's fantastic and i say the training weights thing is an interesting analogy because i think that's that again that's where quality of practice can be so valuable um as you say because it's just you know the actual competitive world much wider range of types of lists types of skill expression if you're playing literally the hardest games on the regular that's going to set you up so well for it and it's interesting to hear that it was going you know it was that tough it was that uphill in practice um but that's obviously an amazing then feeling to actually get into the field and and for it all to work out so that's no that's fantastic um so let's i mean say we've talked a little bit about the um the sort of stratagem combination plays already right we know we've got crusaders um with the you're gonna have to fight us we know you've got characters getting back up again are there any other sort of notable stratagems or enhancements in the sisters index that you think are, are worth consideration yeah there's some interesting ones um, mm. like sisters have a good suite of stratagems so we've already talked about the get back up stratagem mm-hmm. and um also the shoot when you're shot stratagems really yeah good yep. you, you have to lose a model for that so you can't use it on a vehicle unfortunately ah uh, okay okay you can use it on your kind of infantry squads mm. um there's mm-hmm. also a strategy for plus one to wound, um, just in combat, which is brilliant. One CP plus one to wound. Really Legends good. have 60 attacks for 10, so that, yeah. that really does add up. Um, <laughs> those are the main yeah. ones. Now, yep. the the power of the shootback stratagem is the key combination for the most powerful unit in the, the army, in my opinion, which is a combination of two characters and 10 battle sisters. And this is the Palatine we mentioned earlier, um, a Dialogus, who's yep. like this priestly character. Um, you add her in, and she means anytime you use a miracle dice, it automatically becomes a six. Now you have those two in a Battle okay. Sister squad who has a multi melter and a melter gun. Now this multi melter <laughs> and this melter gun are the most terrifying things in the in in the Imperium because you may look at it and be like, "That's three <laughs> shots. That's not going to do anything." You know, my melter guns don't do anything. But at the moment, uh, the Palatine gives the unit lethal hits, uh, which means any six to hit is automatically a wound, and the Dialogus can trigger that with any Miracle Dice that you throw in for your hit roll. Hmm. The Triumph of St. Catherine is the third character in this combination who is just on her own, but she gives a six-inch aura of a number of different abilities. The single most powerful one out of those 
is you can use as many miracle dice as you want on units within six inches of the triangle. So okay. all of a sudden, you've got these three melter shots where if you throw in three sixes, you can do them one at a time here just to get maximum efficiency out of it. Okay. Automatic lethal hits. Anything that goes through, throw in another miracle dice. Automatic six damage or oh, eight my damage word. if you're in melter range. So um, <laughs> yeah, watch out. They're so yeah. brutal. Spike damage. Obviously, in combat, if you're going into combat with that Palatine there, just throw in five Miracle Dice. And they're five sixes, which are automatic lethal hits. That's five mortal wounds, and now you're taking five three damage saves. Yeah. Um, so this unit, combined with the Triumph of St. Catherine, is the perfect way to dump all of the Miracle Dice. Yeah. That takes me to one of the enhancements, which is actually good. The only other enhancement that's good is something called Saintly Example. Okay. When uh, the character with the it's only 10 points, when the character with the enhancement dies, you gain an additional D3 miracle dice on top of the one you gain for any of the units dying. Um, that's very okay. powerful, and Jack really used that to maximum efficiency. He, yeah. uh, you basically get your miracle dice, and then you bring the unit back up at the end of the phase for one CP. It dies again. You get the miracle dice again. Beautiful. So you can end up with loads of miracle dice in your pool, which you can just dump in around the Triumph of St. Catherine. Fantastic. No, extremely cool. Um, yeah, so that's just, as you can see, there's massive combination play in there and that's because i mean that was one of the big things i remember when the index dropped people were like how is it going to get through like t12 like what's what are its guns for doing that right you obviously you've got the faction rule but that's not activating at a time uh anyone can control or wants necessarily with the plus one to wound um so this i guess helps you hose down those kind of big hard targets right get you through a land raider or something at a pinch um yep. very very useful thing to have um, okay, no, that's awesome. I mean, one one unit I say that you've mentioned that I'm interested in as well is is the Castigator, right? This is obviously a beautiful looking tank. Um, came out in the in the sort of second release. What's the kind of general role of the Castigator in combination with the other stuff that you were talking about? Castigator is interesting um, because the, the Castigator has a lot of guns. Yeah, right. It's it's 140 points, so it's quite aggressively pointed. Nice. Um, it's basically the the sister's predator, and it's got a, a battle cannon on top. Uh, which is a really, really great profile. It's kind of mm. deceptively good. It's D6 plus three shots, cool. Blast, cool. Mm. It's strength 10, minus one, three damage, but it ignores cover. Okay, yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. The, the ignore cover makes a huge difference, mm. and it rerolls to hit against vehicles and monsters. But it is, it's just great across the board. There's a lot of stuff with three wounds, and if you go back to our discussion about CSM, there's a great profile to throw into CSM Chosen. Um, yeah. Because that AP1 ignore cover, three damage is just perfect. Yeah. Um, it also comes with three heavy bolters, which is a lot of heavy bolters. That is a lot um, of heavy bolters, yeah. It has a storm <laughs> bolter, but it also comes with a hunter-killer missile. And okay, okay. Every sister's vehicle has a hunter-killer missile. And that's strength 14 minus three D6 damage. So yes. that's a very powerful anti-tank gun. It it's is. My Votan don't like missiles like that, right? They really don't. I played against like Devilfish Heavy Tau, and I was like, mm -hmm. oh, I had not factored Seeker missiles in. I am losing Sagittarius left, right, and center. This is a disaster. So it's a really nice asset to have for like those early stages of a game. We need to get transports open and stuff. Yep. Yeah, and uh, sisters hunt to kill missiles hit on twos, which is awesome. Really powerful. <sighs> nice. <There> you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the castigator comes out of strike reserves, looks down a flank, sees like a, a rhino unit of chosen or a night spinner, and uh, puts in a good amount of work and, and often kills the target. Uh, maybe not the chosen, but definitely like the night spinner, for example, has a really good shot at doing that. Yeah. Um, so. 
the castigator is the I will solve this problem for you, Vic. Just put, <laughs> put me where you need me. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it was very reliable in this tournament. I, I yeah. loved having that single castigator. Probably with my updates to list, I would probably go to having two castigators. I think yeah. you could probably drop one on turn two and three and actually get use out of them in UKTC. Very nice. Yeah, just sort of troubleshooting, walking on from the side, applying the pressure. No, that's really, really smart. I mean, that, that, that kind of takes us to the to the next question, I guess, which is like, yeah, are, are there changes you'd like to make? How are you sort of adapting and looking forward? Obviously, this is, this is obviously a bit rude because, you know, event players, when they haven't played events yet, we don't, don't, don't feel like you need to give too much away. But I guess, what, what did you feel like you would like to change or new directions you would like to explore? So core of list, great. I think I've got, I've got lots of the good stuff that you can take with sisters uh, in the right amounts as well. Mm. Now, I added a little bit of flavor. I love my Celestine. So uh, like I had to find a way of getting Celestine into the list. Yes. It doesn't matter if she's actually <laughs> optimal. But, you know, I'm going to find a way to make it's it a use. Beautiful it. model. Yeah. <laughs> Celestine. So um, I included her in the list. If I was going to be purely optimal in this, she probably should be a castigator, to be honest. They're <laughs> the same points, uh, but the castigator is just always going to give you value. Yeah. Uh, Celestine is awesome. She's super, super tanky, but she also, she's also another assassinate point, which is a weakness of this list. Yeah, I guess with the getting back up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, getting back up. And suddenly, if someone does take assassinate, you feel really hesitant to get back up when you when you really should. So mm. having less characters, having three or four characters is way better than what I ran, which was five. Mm. Um, that means, you know, either Celestine or that Canoness, one of them's got to go here. And I think, it, you know, it could be either of them, really. Um, yeah. So the Canoness is probably another point of inefficiency. It's just mm. incredibly cool to shoot crossbows. And the crossbow <laughs> combo just felt awesome. And yeah. Like describe it all the time. So. That's it. And it's just it's just fun. It's just such a 40k thing to have your lethal crossbow hiding in there. Real Van Helsing vibes as well, actually, with the kind of machine gun crossbow. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> so, I mean, you can swap the Canoness um, and maybe a little crusader unit that's 75 points and then you can swap either a seraphim or the second rhino you don't need another rhino in this list uh and get another castigator or two more seraphim units you know there's there's points where you just take the best units over and over again and that's probably seraphim the castigator the exodus and the arc of flashiness and you just try yeah. and max those out completely yeah um and then your support pieces just fit in around it and the list basically writes itself Amazing. I mean, you say it writes itself, and yet no one does it till you do, right? So here we are. I think it's it's a it's a real reminder, and that's you know that's why I was really rooting for you and really excited when it went well. That yeah, you know, it's if you really work over a long period of time as you have on your understanding, on the way you look at the game, on your ability to interact with rule sets as they come and understand the game as it changes, then eventually you can reach this point where yeah, your judgment is king in a way you can trust what's coming you can believe in yourself you can see options before they happen um which i think you know as, as i say there have been conversations in recent weeks about why the same players keep winning and i think maybe that that creative spark and that ability to anticipate didn't get enough attention didn't get as much recognition as perhaps it deserves i think it's i think it's a really important part of doing well consistently at the top of the game um, and it's obviously something that you do incredibly well um so yeah i mean going forward do you think you'll be running sisters some more are you enjoying it is it an army that you've you've got a sort of excitement for right now yeah it's, it's very very fun to play hmm. um now do i think you know if my goal is to win a tournament 
is it the correct choice? I'm I'm not fully sure to be honest. Yeah. Like there's a lot of unpredictability against the top armies there. Yeah. So let's say if I purely wanted to go and win a super major, I probably yeah. run CSM or I I I really don't want to run Aldari. I don't I don't <laughs> enjoy it at all to be honest. No, no, no. I get like, you. Yeah. The, the particular archetype that we feel is the strongest is really boring to play. Yeah. Um. And so I just can't bring myself. It would probably be CSM. If I was yeah. Bring yeah. 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 Else. You can see some yeah. uh chosen over there. There, that's, that's some chosen. <laughs> so I was ready for this. He's got his uh, options covered, right? <laughs> Wonderful. So, yeah, I mean, I would, I definitely want to bring sisters to another tournament this mm -hmm. year if I can. Uh, I don't have many choice options for that. Probably just Leicester. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, between Leicester and Nottingham in January. One of them will be sisters and one will be another answer. Oh, awesome. No, very, very cool. Yeah. Very, very cool. We'll look forward to that. I guess one final strategic question I was curious about. Um, is this is this a fixed uh, secondaries army? Is this a tactical secondaries? Do you do a bit of both? What's your kind of approach with that? So this one's tactical every time. I think. Hell yeah. Um, there will be some <laughs> occasions where you take fixed. Like you play Tau. Um, yes. Great, great option yeah. for fixed. But most of the armies nowadays are not really giving up a very reliable secondary unless you really push for it with Assassinate against Eldar or something. But even yeah. then, they're cutting down their characters as well. So yep. um, I think most armies are not giving up fixed secondaries and they're considering it in their list design now. Hmm. If you have the option to, because you're playing against Knights or Tau, then go for Bring It Down and deploy Teleport Home is basically for any army in the game. Um, but otherwise, Tactical has the massive power that on turn one, you often can't do both of your cards. And you can gain a CP. So yes. that means that you'll be going into round, battle round two, if you went first, on four CP. Which means that across the entire game, you can really fuel all of your combinations of stuff. If you go second, you're starting on five CP on round two. Whoa. So you have loads of CP. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. All the toys. You, know, you can constantly threaten to heroic intervention, interrupt. Yeah. Uh, sisters have a fight on death strat. Um, you have suffering and sacrifice. So you can create a lot of control by having a good number of CP in the pool. Yeah, amazing. No, really, really cool. And yeah, Tactical, I think Tactical's back in vogue. It's a cool set, as you say. It just gives you other assets and resources as well as being a little bit harder to know exactly what they're going to do each turn. So that's really nice to see too, because I, I do like the cards. The cards are fun. They're a good time. Um, and so I guess... I guess just to finish up, because you know, I I really think you've you've covered it all in in some remarkable depth in a really succinct period of time. So well done! It's fantastic. It, ma it makes it really nice and easy. Um, let's think about. I guess we we've just had announced there's a sisters book coming, right? We've just seen that there's a sisters book on the horizon. I guess as someone who plays the army, what would be like one or two things you'd love to see with that? What are what are directions maybe you'd like or things you'd like to see emphasized in a new sisters book? Um. So. I mean, I would love combat to be a little bit better. I yep. think some of the iconic combat units, the Zephyrim, the Repentia. The oh, Celestia, poor Repentia. The yeah, they're on the bench. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, they, they have the foundations. They're a cheap kind of little infantry unit with okay profiles, but they all have one, two little attacks, mm -hmm. one, two little AP. Um, I would love to see, maybe not faction rules. I don't want to go down the line of you get plus one attack, plus one AP, you know? Uh, I'd love to see stratagems which help to kind of improve particular units, like, you know, stratagems specifically for Repentia, stratagems for, you know, your jump pack infantry units to do some extra stuff. Mm. I want to see all the power in the stratagems. And in terms of core top level rules, I actually love the current rule, the plus one to hit if you've lost a model um, and yeah. plus one to wound if you're below half strength. That's yeah. really super iconic sisters, mm. but maybe some more uh, like some stuff they've never done before. 
more kind of miracle dice manipulation yeah like a faction rule where if you gain a miracle dice you can increase or decrease the value by one whenever it's gained mm-hmm. there's something super powerful and cool yeah, like yeah. that mm-hmm. um you know or you can like sacrifice two miracle dice to make your next miracle dice a six stuff yep. like that yeah, you yeah, know, yeah something innovative and not really boring i would love to see come out of the sisters index codex yeah. because sisters are perfect for throwing in all the weird and funky that's ideas that's the thing right if they feel like an army you can be confident will get some weird and interesting stuff and so that's that's exciting um and they are they are incredibly thematic they're a bit weird a bit dark a bit gothic um so they 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 fit right in they're definitely of the imperium armies they're the one that's got enough weirdness going on to kind of catch the eye i think which is awesome okay wonderful i mean I know we promoted it at the start, but is there anything anything you want to plug before you go, Vic? Um, anything that you've kind of got coming up? Yeah, sure. I mean, um, 40k Fireside and Team oh, yes. are are just two amazing things which have, have really made my 40k experience great. And Fireside especially, I think um, we do give out like loads of knowledge as much as we can to try and help mm-hmm. listeners learn as much as we can, yeah. uh, as they can about the game. And um uh, Team England have just started a podcast. So if you want to follow uh, Team England's podcast, I forgot the name of it, but if you search Team England podcast, Lions it's Den great. or something, Lions right? Den. Something, something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, just so you can follow the progress of that. I know Tom, you're applying to be a player this year. Yeah, I've been uh, involved. I'm really, I'm really, really enjoying it. Um, I think it's, I say it, it's you just learn, you just see the game in a whole new way, don't you? When you have access to all these brains, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, so it's an awesome, massive thing that. Team England is one of the best teams in the world. So, um, no, best of luck to you, Tom. And oh, thank if you. you guys want to follow the podcast and see how the progress of everything's going, that, that's a really interesting thing. Yeah, definitely. Highly recommend both. And yeah, 40K Fireside, as you say, incredibly smart, generous, and empathetic content. Ooh, which is what one more want. plug. Oh, yeah, yeah, one yeah. One more plug. Yeah. Or Sister Act 40K. Oh, yes, uh, which yes. Is, which is the most amazing Discord server you could ever imagine. You have to be on the Patreon for that, but their <laughs> Patreon-only Discord is incredibly supportive of people who are trying to get better with sisters. And I know a lot of the ideas that I've kind of come up with now have been bounced back through that, uh, yeah. that Discord. And I would not have been able to get the list at this level this quickly if it was not for that. So Amazing. I recommend both their podcast and actually really recommend their Patreon Discord. Fantastic. No, absolutely. And yeah, as a sister at one of those lovely specialist kind of niche areas, and that's that's really, really cool. And um yeah, it's nice that sisters are having a good time. Hopefully we'll see a few people following your example and they'll be able to hang a little bit better in the meta, but time will tell. Let's find out. All right, Vic, wonderful to have you on. Thank you so much. Um hopefully we'll get you on again in the future. Um and yeah, thank you so much. Can't thank you enough. So thanks for listening, everybody. It's been really good to have you here. Do hit like, subscribe, all that good stuff, and we'll see you again soon. Bye-bye.